0: Now this thing we're doing mm-hmm. is a methodical Bible study. <clears throat> Here we go. Here's some more handouts for tonight. We actually have some new ones. I wasn't satisfied with the way the other one looked, so this is on cheap, cheap paper though. It's really cheap paper. So, <clears throat> um, he's worried about that paper. I, isn't I am worried tell? about that. I'm very I am concerned about the
1: paper. <clears> throat> throat> I don't know I told why. You. <clears throat> I'm a. I'm a, I'm a Yes, you can definitely journalize
0: on that paper. Uh-oh. I'm a paper and a pen snob. I'll admit it. I'll admit I'm a paper and pen snob. I just this, it's, ugh. I don't even use this stuff. This is 20 pound. It's ridiculous. It's not worth anything. But if anyway, you're journalizing, you can do you, that. Oh, he did get me on that, didn't he? Yeah. Um, but this is a, methyl, a a method, a methodical Bible study to say there are certain steps we go through in a certain sequence, which we think and. Uh, I think a lot, of, a lot of people in training would, would say that that's sort of the way to go. So here we are in our method. So A on the outline should just be the word method. That's what we're dealing with. Okay? So number one under method, again, in this, this is good review, good review. What is the basic question we're attempting to answer? What is the basic question we're attempting to answer in Bible study? What? Yeah, what did it mean to the original reader? What did this text or this passage mean to the original reader? Not to us, not yet. Uh, This text wasn't written to us. It was written 2,000 years ago to real people at a real time, at the earliest, uh, real people at a real time in real circumstances. So, So we want to be certain. Every time we approach the Bible, we're approaching it with what did this mean to the original reader? Which requires us then to take a methodical step on that matter. So, okay, now number two, the if we will the four steps of Bible. So you can list them under there. So let's 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 talk about it now. Number two, the four steps. What are they? Prayer, observation, interpretation, application. That's it. Prayer, observation, interpretation, and application. And we're learning, we are, that in observation, typically, where we're learning to work that will help us with our interpretation is that in that area, there are usually two areas or, um, I don't know the word here, would, you, would you, there, there are two areas of study. Categories. That, where, categories that yeah. we typically have to operate in. You remember those? those are? Historical, grammatical. Right. Historical or grammatical. Grammatical means there's a word you don't understand or there's a phrase that is unfamiliar to you or, again, we're going to talk about tonight. There's a term, uh, for instance, when Paul says, not that I've already obtained it. If you don't know what the antecedent to that indefinite pronoun is, you don't know what he's talking about. So that's a grammatic, those are grammatical. And then historical issues. We're going we're gonna to talk about some of those later.
1: So real quickly, you, for those of you who have been able to use your iPhones mm-hmm. and your, your smartphones and your tablets, <laughs> are you able to get to some of those grammatical <laughs> sources? Blue Letter Bible. Anybody? Use, yeah. Raise your hand if you're using Blue Letter Bible out there, right? Mm-hmm. Have you looked at BibleHub.com? <laughs> okay, it's good. They work a little differently. Um, we'll say it again, <laughs> that on the resources specifically that... Blue Letter Bible on the app is probably faster and easier to use than BibleHub.com. Thanks so. But BibleHub.com is probably a little bit more <clears> in depth <throat> when you go to on online. That'll be the way I do that. Yeah. So you're able to find some grammatical resources and had some luck with that. Right? Good.
0: Good. Keep going. And well, and remember that, you know, when you learn this grammatical stuff, it you know, like me, I, I've had to go back at times in my life to say, wait a minute, do I remember what a what an adverb is? Do, do I remember what, you know, our problem is we speak the language, we just don't understand it, right? You know, we, we can speak it, but we start talking about the direct object of a, of a verb or a preposition or a pronoun, a antecedent. or the. Then we start, well, not sure. Well, those, those all become, Blue Letter Bible's done the work for mm-hmm. you to know what it is. You may still have to go back to your old grammar book or, or some other text to look at to say, do I remember now how this operates and, and how it functions? Because this, again, is written in language that we have to understand the relationships.
1: You know, one, <coughs> one website we forgot to tell you about that I just realized when you mm-hmm. said that, Cliff, is yep. there are grammatical resources online <coughs> yes. that are good. Like Blue Blue Grammar, <coughs> I think, is the one that we ta- used last There's time. There's Monster when Grammar, was, too. Monster we, gram- we said Monster
0: monst- Grammar. grammar. hmm uh, Purdue University has—it's um, uh, called Owl O W L. I can't remember, but it's—it's a—it's right. it's a free site. It's at Purdue University. Uh, it's called Owl O-W, and I can't remember what it stands for. But it's a site where you can. Um, it's a bird. Says it's a bird that yeah. yeah, big bird. I have one in my. I have one in my backyard. Uh, that that this is why we never they never video us. You know, there's. Um, that that those resources are available. And of course, you can go to Barnes and Noble, and there are, mm-hmm. there are you know very basic books on grammar and and syntax syntax s y S-Y, that's not what the legislature is trying to pass. <coughs> uh-huh. <coughs> <But I'm, coughs> ah yeah. I'm I'm <laughs> Syntax syntax is how these these uh, parts of speech and how clauses and and, and uh, matters operate together. And, that, and that's important, you know, to understand how an independent clause is related to a dependent clause. Those are just things that, again, help us to understand anything that's written, but particularly the Bible. So, okay, on B, we're going to talk a little bit about observation, and you got something here for us.
1: All right, so we ended up last week with the video, right? Remember the gorilla? And, and we're watching about observation. i got another one for you, all right? Just,
0: just, a, just a little
1: reminder <coughs> about why it's so important. So I'm going to put this up on the screen. And I want you to count the number of F's, the letter F, count the number of F's in this phrase. You got about 10 seconds. Nine, eight, get out of your way. Seven, six, five, four, three, two. One. All right, punch your pencils down, just kidding, you know <laughs> pencils. All right, how many did you get? Three? Four. How, who got five? Look at the word of. <laughs> How many are there? Very good. Did you get seven? Well done. That's right. Wow. All right. So who got four? Who got four? Three? Yeah.
0: Who got yeah. three? Yeah. 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 All right. You, you know, and you know what this teaches is this, and, and I know when we say the first step is observation, you, you probably think you're better at observing than you are. I, I tend to think I'm better at observing than I am. Observation... <laughs> is hard work. Observation takes persistence, it takes effort, and it takes carefulness. That's a great example, uh, Chris, for us. <clears throat> so in this area of observation, we're, we're not saying it's simple or easy. It requires persistence, it requires effort, and it requires precision. So you know,
1: Sometimes <clears throat> you'll read a verse too when you're in the midst of this, especially in the beginning, and nothing comes to mind. I mean, you're looking at yeah. it like, I got nothing here, right? And so you just keep reading. Again, I got nothing. The <laughs> persistency, that's the persistence he's talking about. And <clears throat> yeah. Read it. Maybe the goal is read it until something starts falling out on the page in front of you. You, know? yeah. you look for the note, how many times should I read it? Keep reading
0: it. You know? when, when you say that falling out of the page, let me read you what Martin Luther said, oh, uh, right. the, gr- the reformer. We just celebrated the Reformation. Uh, by the way, did you all know today, November 15th, uh, I'm a plethora of knowledge here on you this You are a plethora. I, yeah, See, I it. told you that. Uh, no, no. <laughs> uh, today, 100 years ago today, Oswald Chambers died. Do you ever read his utmost, my utmost for his highest? He died 100 years ago today. Wow. November 15th, uh, 1917. And, that's uh, so, but here, here, let me read you what Mark, when you said read it till something falls out. Here's what Luther said I study my Bible as I gather apples. First, I shake the whole tree. <laughs> until the ripest might fall. Then I shake each limb, and when I've shaken each limb, I shake each branch, and then each twig, and then I look under each leaf. I shake the Bible as a whole, shaking the whole tree. It says context. Then I shake every limb, that study book after book. Then I shake every branch, giving attention to the chapters and how they break and make sense. And then I shake every twig and a careful study of paragraphs, sentences, words, and their meanings. Such is his approach. To st- that's a good image, isn't it? We're, we're mm-hmm. shaking the big tree, then the limbs, then the twigs, then the leaves. And that's how we're learning to work with that. And there's a couple of things here we just thought for your edification. R.W. Dale, I was thinking years ago, he pastored in Oklahoma City I don't remember, but I, my, I, something in my brain tells me he was here in Oklahoma City. But here's a statement he made that, like this Study without prayer is atheism. That study is without prayer <clears throat> is atheism. You know, I've got this. You got that? Yeah, I, got I got that print for you. <clears throat> wow. Yeah. For you. Thank you. you, sir. And I didn't journalize that either. No. <laughs> prayer without study. Is presumption. Ooh. Those are pretty good. That's a pretty good tension, dialectic. That that study without prayer is atheism. That I can just study. I don't need God. Or prayer without study is presumption. That uh, you know, I you know, I can just study it and beat the the text to death. Uh, another another one here is we're looking at tonight. We'll talk about this situational context. Situational context. <clears throat> Uh, where is the text in the larger text? The book, section, or subsection? Uh, at least several verses, both before and after the specific text, that's being studied. <clears throat> Sometimes people say, well, you're, you're taking that out of context. Well, I say, what do you mean? Geographic context? Literary context? Geographic context? Historical context? Literary? What we're talking about here is literary context? Where is it in The position of the book Uh, that that's called literary or situational. But but when you say there's all kinds of context. I mean, uh, literary, geographic, historical, uh, 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 all, all all kinds of context. So we're looking at an attempt to try to start with kind of literary context. Where is this passage situated in the book? In the section? In the subsection? in the paragraph, in the sentence, in the clause. That's what we're working at. And the, the more, <clears throat> excuse me, the, the, the larger the frame we can learn to get it in, the more accurate it will likely be.
1: One, one thing I might <laughs> add to that is that, um, Cliff's favorite definition of, of this, a way that you can look for that is if you see, look for words that um, certain verses begin with, right? So if a word begins with the word <laughs> therefore, hmm. right? Can that be the beginning of a thought? You know, what Cliff, what
0: do you say? It's you don't need to know what it's there for. Yeah, if you see oh, therefore, you gotta joke. know what it's there it's an for. Old yeah, it's a, yeah, it's a old teacher joke. joke. That a didn't a work teacher. this time. Yeah. It so didn't work uh, as much. yeah.
1: That's good material. Y'all <laughs> y'all need to wake up. We're right? yeah. so, uh, <clears or, throat> in town all week. <laughs> yeah, yeah, Or the word and or you know, like in um, in Ephesians chapter six, verse ten, when uh, when uh, when Paul writes, finally, is that can that be the, the it's kind of interesting. You know, you see when, and there's lots of therefores in that, in that armor of God passage as well. That can actually go, it can be the, the beginning of, a, of an ending thought, but it can also point back to a lot other things that are in the book as well. It says, hey, there's something else to look at here. Yeah. That just, so those are just kind of words you can look at, look for rather in your study to say, am I at the beginning of this passage and finding <clears throat> that? Yeah, where
0: am I in it? Mm-hmm. Okay, so now let's get under here on number A, the little one. I'm just doing a little review here. It's multiple readings. Multiple readings, not just once, but multiple readings, and identifying genre, G E N R E, identifying the genre. We, if you want to listen, last week we talked at length about that. But just remember, knowing the genre helps you set up for what's coming. If I got, po- if I have poetic genre, I know I've got language at high voltage coming. This is not analytical, didactic kind of teaching. It's evocative. It's emotional. It's metaphor. It's all those kind of matters. So I need, I need to know what I'm setting up for. I said last week I was a catcher in baseball when I was a kid, and I had to signal back and forth the pitcher to to say, "Okay, what's coming? Are you are you going to send me a curveball?" You know, he goes like that. Then I sat up a different way for a slider or a fastball. So. The genre is important, and there, there's poetic genre, there is narrative genre, which is the majority of the Bible, which is story, which is you know character development, conflict and resolution, and then there is epistolary uh, genre, which are the epistles, which is logical, analytical, discursive uh, kind of material. So I just need to know, So multiple readings, and know what I'm dealing with. Okay, that's good. Uh, <clears throat> B, an initial thought. An initial thought of what the text is basically, you've read it several times, you, you, you've kind of identified the genre, and you just kind of with an initial thought, just to get your head around it. You're not, you're not making a final conclusion, you're not, you're, not, you're not writing a paper now, you're saying, I, I think this is about the following. And that will give some direction then to maybe some of the grammatical or historical matters you need to, you need to spend some time on. Otherwise, you're going to look at every word. You know, you're going to look at every word. So uh, an initial thought, B, here we go. Uh, That's B, an initial thought. um, I'm going to make sure i got it right here. Yeah. C, definition of terms and word study methodology. We gave that to you a couple of weeks ago, or last week, and again, it's on the recording. If you're interested, how do you then find out what a word means? Not simply the dictionary. Remember, we, sh- we looked at that last week, how that the dictionary can be misleading. Because the, the, the most important matter of defining a term is how does an author use it? How does the author use it? So you've got to figure out on this word, where else does it occur in this author's work? So we, we will do word study. Um, D, observing <laughs> tense <clears throat> mood parts of speech, tense mood and parts of speech. Now, I just want to talk real quick about that. And we're going to, we're going to get into interpretation tonight. we have a good time. Um, I said to you in Philippians three, when Paul says, not that I've already obtained it, but I press on. Uh, if you observe that, you say, you know, I probably need to know what that it refers to. Right now, one of my favorite ones, I'm going to run through this real quick. Um, if you have your Bibles, go ahead and uh, go to, uh, to uh, and this is, we've talked about tense. What, what are the tenses? Past, present, future. We've talked about the moods. What are they? Two, basically. The mood of a sentence. No, it's, it's the, no, it, the verb's with it, but the mood. No. Declarative. An imperative. Now, what's the declarative mood? Stating Stating facts. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whoever believed. There's no command in that. It's all declarative. Now, this is, again, where we need to be alert to the language. Because I told you, I grew up in a church that thought that every verse was a command, which they're not. Okay? The majority of them are not. Which has several implications we'll look at tonight. Uh, So the 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 declarative mood, which declares, makes a statement of fact. um, That's what it means. Or the imperative mood, which is the mood of command: do this, don't do that. Um, Paul says, you know, I beseech present your body a living sacrifice, holy example. That's imperative. And then finally, uh, there's a little less of this in the New Testament, and you'll you'll see it generally. Uh, with the word might, there's the subjunctive mood. It's the mood of possibility. Romans 6 says, uh, we've been buried with him and raised with that we might walk in newness of life. It's subjunctive. It's not automatic. It's not conclusive. It's the mood of possibility. So when you see the word might do this, you, you understand you've got the subjunctive now. So we want to be careful about that. We want to be alert to that. So uh, we're, uh, 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 tense, tense mood, and then parts of speech. Okay. Parts of speech. I want to just share with you one real quick. I'm not going to go through the whole process here, but I think it it, it illustrates this in first Corinthians 11 In first Corinthians 11. Oh, Chris got it. Uh, this, these are the instructions about the Lord's supper. And, uh, Paul it goes into great detail in this entire section. I'm reading through it, you know. He says, I'm not happy about what you're doing, and I received of the Lord, you know, what it was that the Lord, uh, on, the, on the night of his uh, betrayal. And he goes through this, and it, as often as you drink the cup, you proclaim the Lord's death. What really caught my attention uh, was um, whoever eats, the, verse 27, whoever drinks the cup and eats the bread of the Lord unworthily shall be guilty of the body and blood of the, of the Lord. Let a man examine himself to see if he eats the cup and drinks the uh, or drinks the cup and eats the bread. For whoever eats and drinks eats judgment to himself. That kind of got my attention. I thought, when I'm observing this, and I'm going to talk about part of speech, I think I want, there's a word in there I think I want to know. What is it? What, what word in there, if you were reading this along with me, verse 27, if you're observing and think, ah, there, there might be an important word here I need to know, huh? See it there in 27? Unworthy. Yeah. I think I want to know what that part of speech is. Wouldn't you? Because it says whoever does this, what? What do they do to themselves? Huh? It's not good. <laughs> they drink judgment to themselves. Okay? So I grew up in a church that apparently didn't know the parts of speech. <laughs> Maybe you did too. Because it says, right, whoever eats the cup, drink, uh, whoever eats the, or drinks the cup unworthy shall be guilty of the body. Let a man examine himself. So when you got ready to take communion when you were a kid or in your church, what did that mean? When it said, examine yourself. Confession. Confession? Yeah. What, what else? What did it mean? Was it kind of scary? Turn the lights down. Somebody started playing the organ. You know, <laughs> get real, get real uh, introspective. You know, have I, did I cuss today? Or, huh? Reconciliation. Huh? Reconciliation. <clears throat> Reconciliation. But real introspective, wasn't it? Am I, am I not reconciled to someone? Yeah, that's not what it means. That's not what it means at all. In fact, this word here, <clears throat> read carefully, um, the word is unworthy or unworthily. Is that in your text here? You see that? Unworthily. What, what kind of word is L-Y? Huh? Adverb. Okay. Adverb. Who do adverbs modify? See, I know, everybody's going, oh, no, he's going to ask me a grammar question. <laughs> yeah. Adverbs... Modify verbs, right. So if this is an adverb, it is modifying how they're taking it, not who's taking it. My church interpreted it as an adjective my entire life. So if I was unworthy, I better not take it, right? Is that what you heard? Can't be that. It's an adverb. He ran quickly. How did he run? Quickly. What does the adverb modify? The noun, run. The, <coughs> oh, the verb, yeah. <laughs> what did I say, noun? <laughs> the verb. It modifies the verb, right? It doesn't modify who, it modifies how it was done. If, if this is an adverb, what Paul is saying is unworthily is how they taking it. If you read the text carefully, you'll know. You know what's happening here? He says earlier, when you come for the Lord's supper, it's not for the Lord's supper. For in the eating, each one takes his own supper. One is hungry as another's drunk. Why don't you have houses to eat or do you shame the poor? You know what's happening here? People are getting to the church and they're eating it all up before everybody gets there. This wasn't those tasty little morsels that we have in church. This was a meal. And people are eating it all up. And Paul says, when you do that, you're taking it in an unworthy manner. Can I tell you something? You can't do this. It's impossible. It's not how we take the Lord's Supper. Anybody lately eat up those little tasty things when they came out? You know? I saw one of them do it once. <laughs> Did you time, see one time? It really good, <clears throat> okay. man. I know, saw it one so. time. Now, listen, if this is an adverb, it cannot modify who. Adverbs modify verbs. How. How they were taking it. He is saying, you better examine yourself in how you're taking this. Not who you are. By the way, anybody here think they're worthy to take the Lord's Supper?